How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer for Wednesday, March the 24th. Hope you're having a tremendous day. We got plenty to talk about here today, so let's jump right in. First of all, we have the latest main entry in the Monster Hunter franchise. It's Monster Hunter Rise. It's releasing in a few days, March 26th, and the review embargo has now lifted. And so critics are generally very positive about the game. Many people are calling it the best Monster Hunter to date. Uh, Polygon, in particular, was quite high on the game. They emphasized the new grappling hook, it's called the Wirebug, as well as the focus on quick movement. Here's what they said, quote, The Wirebug opens up the entire map as playable space, instead of the pre-built alleyways and arenas from previous games. This mobility helps give Rise a more modern feel than its predecessors, end quote. There's also a review here from Eurogamer, which voiced a concern that I'm sure many people have had, uh, this game is actually a timed exclusive on the Switch, and that means that expectations might have been that it's going to be a more modest game compared to Monster Hunter World. However, what they said is, quote, I could not have been more wrong. This is as lavish and opulent a thing as Monster Hunter's ever seen, end quote. The writer praised the game's technical performance and its soundtrack, and interestingly, he also said that the game no longer, like, punishes you in the beginning. Apparently, you'll spend, like, dozens of hours just getting destroyed by every monster that you come across in the other games. Instead, you are just fully equipped from the very beginning to take down any of the monsters that you're trying to hunt. I'll leave it here with Game Informer, who did like the game, but were more average on it than all of the other critics. And this is what their final paragraph said. I think it really illustrated it nicely. Quote, Beyond mounting monsters and using the wire bug to wall run in spectacular fashion, not much else distinguishes Monster Hunter Rise from the installments that came before. It has enough endgame content to keep you occupied long after the credits roll, and multiplayer is still the optimal way to play, but the excitement of my early hunts waned before long. Nevertheless, if you're looking for a polished but conventional adventure with a few small-scale nuances, then you'll be right at home in Kimura Village." End quote. Again, that's like the most average I could find. Most other critics really, really liked the game. So, as always, if you're interested in picking it up, make sure you watch some gameplay footage, read your favorite reviewers. But for the most part, if you like Monster Hunter, you're gonna like this one. And hey, if you don't have a Switch, then Rise is also anticipating a PC release in early 2022. You gotta wait a little bit. The mobile version of Genshin Impact has now earned more than $1 billion in player spending, which they accomplished in less than six months. This is according to Sensor Tower, which, full disclosure, is a company who I work for, though I don't anticipate any editorial conflicts of interest. According to the Mobile Insights team at Sensor Tower, that's the fastest title to ever earn $1 billion, beating out games like Pokemon Go and Lineage M, which each took 9 and 10 months, respectively. Genshin Impact is currently most popular in China, Japan, and the United States. This is from Sensor Tower, quote, Few mobile titles have been as successful as Genshin Impact has been in such a short time frame. It's an impressive feat, one that stems from a truly global audience and that is maintained by a substantial investment in new events, features, and characters on top of a rich world and rewarding gameplay experience. End quote. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool to see this. I mean, it, the game has been kind of out of the public discourse for the past few months. People are talking about Valheim and stuff like that these days, but it's wild to see how well a game like this can perform. And that doesn't even account for the PC version. Pokemon Go developer Niantic has entered a partnership with Nintendo to develop more augmented reality mobile games. So the first one that they're releasing is going to be set in the Pikmin franchise. That's going to be releasing later this year. And it's going to have a focus on, you know, encouraging you to go for walks and improving the walking experience. Probably quite similar to Pokemon Go. 
Anyway, the press release seemed to indicate that there are more apps on the way that Nintendo will be bringing, just in case that's your thing. There you go. Okay, and I'm just going to give you some rapid-fire news items here. There is a new free-to-play action RPG called Magic Legends. This is set in the Magic the Gathering universe, and it is a... Basically, it's Diablo with deck building. If you want to try it out, you can go to the Epic Games Store. Looks pretty interesting. Again, that's called Magic Legends. Uh, GameStop reported on their full-year financials, and because of COVID, of course, everything was down. However, they had a net loss of $215 million dollars, That was even better than the year before, where they lost like $500 million. So things are actually looking up for them. They've been making a lot of cutbacks. Probably a smart idea. And of course, that whole situation with their stock, but that's a whole other story. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 is going to be celebrating its second birthday. So they're putting out an anniversary update on PC. Got a bunch of new content. And they also have an expansion planned for late 2021. And uh, that's it. That's all the news from today. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Really does mean a lot. Of course, I will be back with the news tomorrow, as I am every single weekday. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Uh, My friends, I had a really good day today. It's pretty rare that I come onto this show, I think, and say that I've had a really good day, which I guess is kind of sad. But, you know, I've definitely, we've we've fallen into a, a formula of our life ever since the pandemic hit. Not a whole lot of new and exciting things going on. But anyway, I digress. We had a good day today. Um, It started earlier this morning. So Shelby has been applying for a new bookstore. She works at a bookstore here in Toronto. And now she's applying for a different bookstore that she likes a little bit better, does some really cool things. And I was really happy because I wrote the cover letter for her and did a lot of the resume work. And I just tend to do that because I think I have a good eye for them. And like, I don't know, it doesn't stress me out that much, I would say. So when she got the interview, I was like, yes, the cover letter worked. And then she did the interview and it went really, really well. If she gets this job, it's going to mean that she can get full-time hours, which she can't get where she is now. So when we graduate, we'll have some solid income. And she's going to be working at a place that she really cares about, I think. So we were definitely riding that wave. And then later in the day, I got some like really good news from work, from my work. And I, I don't know, I can't really get into the details of it. But I don't know, again, I, I kind of just lucked into that job that I have. And it's going really, really well, like way better than I ever expected it to. And, you know, like they want me to be there full time. And if it weren't for the Observer, I would say yes instantly. But there's something about this show, you know, like something is going right here, you know. And obviously monetizing the Observer in the future is I mean, it's coming soon. Let's just be honest. The Patreon and the crowdfunding of the Observer, you know, the campaign for that is going to start at least being planned for next month. There's probably going to be like a summer release. And I'm not expecting it to bring me a full-time income. That's just unrealistic with the size of the audience that I have. But I am anticipating that there's going to be some kind of income that will allow me to grow it into something more. And I would never ever be able to do The Observer just for the money, right? This is very much a passion project, something that I love to do. You know, it's a, it's a dream job scenario. And so at Sensor Tower... I could go full-time, but I think that I couldn't then do The Observer anymore, and I don't think I'm ready to give this up just yet. Maybe I would be willing to give this up if the crowdfunding flops, and, you know, I'm trying to balance everything, and I'm getting really stressed out, and something has to go. Then, obviously, I have to cut the thing that isn't bringing in the, the money that you need to survive. But I really, really love, I mean, the idea of The Observer, and I love the idea of diversifying the work that I do. 
Like, even if the observer is able to bring in a solid part-time income, and I could continue part-time at Sensor Tower, at least it adds, like, a little bit of variety to my life, you know? I'm not stuck just doing one thing all the time. And I think that's something that's really valuable to me. It's kind of, it's kind of a throwback to my theater days, right? I, for those of you who don't know, I used to work in the live theater industry, behind the scenes. That's currently what I'm finishing my degree in, but you'll notice I haven't ever talked about working in the theater for a long time, and that's because I haven't. But the, the awesome thing about working in theater is that you're always doing something different. Every single show that you work on is a new experience, you're learning new things. You could get a gig that is like the same thing over and over again, but I never would have gotten one of those. The thrill of theater is, is the variety. So I don't know, maybe that's just something that is in me, you know? Maybe, maybe I'm not destined to just do one thing. Maybe I am, I don't know, I'm only 23, I've got a lot of time to, to figure all this stuff out, you know? And gosh darn it, you're along on the ride with me. It's pretty, it's pretty wild, I won't lie to you. It is weird to have thousands of people being on this life journey with me. I mean, I know that's maybe a little dramatic, but at least to those of you that listen to this after show, like, I don't know, it, it's hard to communicate, but I'm just a guy, you know? I'm just a dude who talks into a microphone. And that's not something I really ever understood when, you know, my favorite content creators would talk about it. But it's true. I'm just living a regular life. And yet you're listening to me. Sorry, I'm getting existential. I don't mean to do that. Anyway, thank you for being here. I think that's what it boils down to. Thank you for being here. My friends, I've talked long enough. Let's get out of here. Have a tremendous day. Sending you lots of love.